0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel
1: and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for two and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash with amex.
0: You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated. Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready, but did you know they sell other automotive products—wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com/slash-Colin. TireRack.com—the way tire buying should be.
1: Let me just run this by my lawyer—is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
0: Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today.
2: The volume.
0: The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Podcast. You are going to love this podcast. Chris Bosh, one of the smartest pro athletes of my life, has a new book out called Letters to a Young Athlete. He talks about everything. This book is so freaking smart. And when you get an opportunity to deal with one... Forget smart comparing to athletes. He's smart compared to the public. Um... Chris goes deep on so many topics, and it'll just be a fascinating lesson. He'll join us in five minutes. Let let me start with this. I get a lot of pushback on Tebow. And one of the criticisms I hear is Colin, Tim Tebow was offered an opportunity to play tight end for Jacksonville. Of course, he should accept it. Now, what you're telling me is that every time you get an offer in life, You should accept it. Let me ask anybody listening, do you accept every offer? If the answer is yes, you don't get a lot of offers or have a lot of options in life. Do you know how many commercials on the volume I will turn down cannabis commercials? I could take them. Money goes into my pocket. There's nothing my corporate partners, Fox or iHeart, could do. But I turn it down despite really good money because I don't think it's good for my relationship with big corporate sponsors doing cannabis commercials or other commercials of that ilk. The idea that I have to take every dollar offered, do you know how many companies are willing to pay for people in the public eye to do tweets and Instagram? I'm not the only talk show host that turns down stuff. Don't you turn down offers in your life? Do you take every offer? Tim Tebow, eight years out of the league, knows that Jacksonville going forward will be based on the success of Trevor Lawrence, a rookie quarterback. Tim's not naive. He knows how hard it is to be a rookie quarterback. The focus and attention you need. Tebow also knows Jacksonville is the number one Tim Tebow market in America. Tim Tebow doesn't have the self-awareness to go, you know what? <laughs> I'm a long shot to make the team. This is probably not great for a rookie quarterback. He doesn't need the distractions. Tim Tebow has a net worth over $10 million, I would guess close to $25 million. He doesn't need a third or fourth string tight end salary. And don't tell me he doesn't have the self-awareness to know he'd be a distraction. Tim isn't naive. Tebow mania is a brand. He chose the New York Jets over Jacksonville to elevate his brand. Look it up. The idea that Tim has to take this job because he was offered is selfish. And if you do accept every offer in your life, it only tells me you don't get many offers and you don't have other options. So I don't buy this TiVo naivete bullshit for a second. Tim's about Tim. He always has been. Tebow mania is a brand it's lucrative and it jacks up his speaking engagement price. The more he's in the news. Now let's get to Chris Bosch. So Chris, first of all, you should be so proud of the book. It's so smart. It's so smart. It's so thoughtful. Um, And I, and I told my staff, I said, there may not be five guys in pro sports, I respect more than you. And let me start with this.
3: I appreciate that.
0: You were a number, You were a top high school player, a top college player, an all-star in Toronto. And you go to Miami. And the reality of playing with LeBron is, especially Biggs, he don't want you near the basket. Get outside, yes. brother. Space. <laughs> Space. <laughs> so you had to relinquish a big, forget statistically, a big part of who you were. Mm-hmm. And you write about this in the book. Mm-hmm. Take me to the internal struggle. Initially, you'd been the leading scorer on every team since you were eight. Was there a, <laughs> what, was there a moment when you're driving home in Miami, thinking this is a big lift emotionally? I got to change.
3: Yeah, I mean, you have those that moment. Like, ah, I don't know, man. <laughs> what have I done? Right. I, I tell I tell people, and I have to remind. Uh, people of this quite a bit Um, growing up coming from uh, Dallas having to play especially down low you have to be very aggressive there was a certain intensity that my coaches and my teammates and our community demanded to be able to be successful and then I eventually got good at that and found fun in that and my favorite players were MJ Kobe you know KG of course he was the model for me but if we're talking about the 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 people with the accolades and that are on the stage performing well yeah okay Mike obviously right he was an assassin that's how I modeled my game after you know I wanted to be a scorer an assassin a a constant threat on the offensive end you know and when I got to Miami of course I had a bunch of preconceived notions I was naive at the time not knowing that there's more to the game uh, that you have to learn and there are roles in a team that have to be filled uh, for that team to be successful. And on top of that, LeBron and Dwayne are pretty good. Let's let them do what they do. (laughs) Right. I'll be the one to kind of try to figure this whole Rover situation out and and we'll go from there. But, you know, it it definitely was an internal struggle just really trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together.
0: You know, it was the first time in your life because you didn't go to a college basketball power and the Raptors weren't a power. Right. And then you play with LeBron, Chris, and we in the media, you got to win your first 25 games together. <laughs> <That's> so <right. laughs> the pressure to get that thing, that Rubik's Cube right immediately. And I remember the first 25 games. It was a little clunky. Did, did sure. you sense that pressure that you had to be great immediately?
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, of course we knew we understood even more so as time went on and the closer we got to the regular season, like, oh boy, we better, (laughs) we've got to be ready. And then like a lot of people don't remember, um, Dwayne pulled his hammy in preseason. So it's like, oh no, we need a whole preseason together. And he just pulled his hammy. Our first preseason game was like a playoff game, you know, and And, you know, we knew that we were pretty much in this experiment, living it out real time. So, you know, we had to find different ways of how to come together as a team. And so it's like, yes, figuring out on the fly. And, you know, of course, that first year wasn't successful. uh, But in that, you know, we I think we all saw what we exactly who we were as a team and the identity that we had to have to be able to win a championship. And that's what we started working on. But most importantly, we weren't going to let anything, you know, whatever we had to do to win it, that's what we were going to do. And then, and then, you know, that's one of the points I try to get across in my book. You want it to be all about you. It's really hard being the leading scorer. You know, it's also really hard getting all the rebounds and getting the leading scorer open. It's equally (laughs) as hard, if not harder. So make sure. Sure, you have a lot, um, you know, a lot to your game and a lot to yourself to be able to make that uh, transition.
0: Um, I've said before, I think the Miami Heat, it was the smartest basketball <clears throat> team in league history. And <laughs> I said this the other day on my show, I, the game has never had more talent, but the game has never had fewer great communicators and leaders because we're now, kids don't go from powerful high school programs, cultures, powerful college programs AAU, one year of college, go to the pros, be a leader. Well, you got to see it to be it. How do you learn leadership? Right, right. And uh, you talk about communication, and in the book, and I want you to share with that. There is a the NBA does not lack talent. I right. do think they sometimes lack leadership and communication, and it, it address yeah. that because you talk about that a great deal in your book.
3: You know. That is always something that has to be continually improved. And especially now, it's even more important with now that we're more so even deeper into the digital age. Right. And everybody's got their devices and, you know, lifestyles have really changed and we communicate in different ways. Well, I mean, it's still very important to communicate with each other, because how can you know, especially in a team situation, what you're supposed to do? In crunch time, that's what it comes down to. You want to be able to have that nonverbal communication, which means you talk a lot. <laughs> and that right. was one of the dynamics that I feel that is very underutilized in today's game. I mean, you know, how many? When's the last time you heard about the old good classic team dinner? You know, how how is there not a team in the NBA that is known for being a close team? I haven't heard it. Now, maybe there is one, but. There's something so special in that when you have that constant communication and you know who you're playing with and know who that person is to your left and to your right. So that when the time comes to maybe curse them out (laughs) (laughs) or tell them like, hey, you're not playing good or you need to pick it up or you need to you, you whatever you need to do. You know that that person wants to win just as bad as you do It's coming from a level of respect and love. And you can take that. But if you're not communicating, what's the first thing you're going to do? Say, who are you talking to? And it becomes about it gets lost in this shuffle. So, you know, I want people to realize how important communication is, you know, one for yourself to be able to handle situations better, but especially as a team, Um, because, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, we were in so many championship championship situations where I didn't hear. I didn't hear what Bron said, but he was there. Dwayne, Ray, I didn't hear. They didn't hear me. I hope they did. They probably didn't. It's loud in there. But just having those, you know, working on those senses to know where the person to your left and to your right is going to be,
0: that's very, very important. The Colin Coward Podcast, proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel's offering users the chance to play free. No deposit required. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel's offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. It's sweet. Why do you plan FanDuel? Well, the FanDuel Fantasy is an easy, easy easy-to-use app. You pick a new team every game. You compete for top cash payouts. Compete against your buddies in head-to-head matchups. For new users, FanDuel's offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Just go to FanDuel.com cowherd. That's it. FanDuel.com cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com cowherd. They know we sent you there. FanDuel, just more ways to win. So you're a sports fan. Right? That's why you're listening. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free action network app, free, recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action App, you can one see the latest picks and articles from the Action Network gambling experts. Two compare odds from different sports books. And three, track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of General Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that.
2: Provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
0: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. You talk in the book about there's a difference between ego and confidence. And when you bring three and four stars together, I mean, first of all, pro athletes, you were all the best high school players. You were all the best AAU players. You were all the best college players. Many of you, you, LeBron and D-Wade, were all your best players on your NBA team. And there's this confidence, (laughs) there's this confidence (laughs) ego thing. I always tell people in sports talk radio, the reason I do the show alone, because I only have to depend on me. And right. I'm I'm so obsessive, I'm not sure if I can find me. You know, right?
3: Right. And so, right. You you know wh- it'll get done, right?
0: <laughs> ego and confidence. What was the balancing act like with you, LeBron, and and D. Wade?
3: Um, I think after after figuring out our identity as a team, <clears throat> we had to find out the structure. And it was obviously one of those things to where, okay, if we don't address it, the media is going to eat us alive. We're going to eat ourselves internally alive. Brian is the number one option. <laughs> Dwayne said that. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, okay, obviously Dwayne is number two. CB, you got to figure it out. <laughs> you know that was <laughs> that was my job. You know and. And, and some nights that would entail, hey, he's got the hot hand made. Let's make sure, you know, we get him the ball. I end up with 30 points and a win. Most nights it was getting guys open. It was being the anchor on defense. You know, it was communicating on defense to make sure they know where they are, where the other players are and where I am, you know, to to be a better defensive team. You know, I took a lot of pride in that. And, you know, uh, rebounding and, you know, it turned out guarding some of the best bigs in the game at that time. And, and you know, I had to I eventually learned that those things were required But because without it and this requires elite level talent, you know, and the hardest part is <clears throat> nobody's really going to see it. They see it. <laughs> that was my challenge. You know, so I had to put myself in a place to know, like, OK, I'm a part of a great team. I don't need to have these perceived individual numbers for everyone else to say, okay, Chris is good to be accepted. You know, I had to fall straight into the team and it was the best thing um, that happened for me.
0: You know, people, we know that when people have anxiety or pressure, it's exhausting. Um, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, you always notice with presidents, none of them enter the white house, mostly with gray hair. By the end of the first term, they're all gray. like, that's the reality sure. of being it, – it, the pressure. So you not only sure. played on a team, the pressure was mm-hmm. enormous. Mm-hmm. And the NBA is daunting <clears throat> anyway. The travel. You guys are all six, eight, seven footers right. Planes are hard. <laughs> Hotel beds are hard.
3: Right?
0: How did you battle the – just take – you talk about this in the book. How exhausting – an NBA <laughs> season is, and then you add the layer mm-hmm. of celebrity stardom and paparazzi to it in, in that Miami thing. By the end of it, Chris, were you just worn out?
3: I was obviously right. I had to retire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my body was like, I'm done. I am done, you know? I think as we get further removed, we'll appreciate how crazy that situation was in Miami. I mean, it'll be there's it nothing like it before and nothing like it after, you know, in that city. It was perfect. You know, you, when you're going through it, you really don't think about it. Right. There's always the next game and the next bus, the next practice, the next schedule. I wanted the to speak to the young athlete for them to understand and say, hey, yeah, you, you tired, huh? Oh, college athlete, you tired after lifting weights and practicing and now you got to go to class. Oh, I did the same thing. So keep going. <laughs> you know, oh, man, all nighter. And now you've got the bar exam tomorrow. And guess what? you got to intern later on in the evening to finish out your day. Man, that's I say it in the book. I can feel you nodding off as you're reading this book. But that's a good thing because, you know, you're going to have to fight through fatigue. And of course, I'm not saying don't get rest. There is a balance between getting your rest and making sure you're properly, you know, fed, hopefully <laughs> eating properly and getting the proper rest. But like there is um, a part of fighting through fatigue and recognizing the difference and making sure you're saying, OK. I have to keep going right now. This is something that is a part of the process. And if you want to be a champion, this is what you have to do and, and, and what's required. Because I've seen so many people stop just because it got hard. Like, you know, I you know, just like you were saying, it's crazy hearing those things. But if I heard a young dude saying that in the NBA, I'd be like, well, it's the NBA. You know, this is a part of the gig, man. You know, I know now when I stay in a five-star hotel, they give me the bill. Mm-mm, uh, <laughs> it's a different life, you know. Now it's just every day you have to earn it and you have to, you know, just fight through those things to, to make sure you, you continue going for that dream.
0: What was the practices? What were they like
3: in Miami? Oh, intense, man. Intense. I, you know, yeah, we, we got after it. Um you, Eric Spolster, he, he loves getting after it. That's nothing. He, he'll instigate a good practice. You know what I mean? Really? I'm, oh yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And just, You know, one of the best practices I ever uh, had, we went on a losing streak one time. I can't even remember who was the last loss we had, but nobody was happy. You know, both LeBron and Dwayne, you know, came into practice. Of course, we're all mad, but, you know, everybody's getting their work and we continue our work. But just to look on Bron's face and to see him compete the way he did. I mean, this is when I knew he was at another level. Like, you know, we're struggling as a team. We need our leader to step up. And, and therefore, we all need to step up. Right. We need to have a good practice today and we need to get after it. You know, old school style. We started off this drill of running laps just to get loose. I could you know, I was the next person behind Brian. He was he was going so fast and warm up. I was like, Golly, man, I can't. He's running faster than my normal fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're just warming up and. And I mean, we got after. We beat the hell out of each other. We did our drills. We closed out. It was intense. You know, that's what it's about. You know, um, we we always had those moments of saying, "Okay, let's see, let's see what you're made of." You have Bron and D going down there, going at it. Then you have me, Jawan Howard, and and Udonis Haslem just beating the hell out of each other on low post drills. And you got Joel Anthony, just huge guys, you know. And then we then we hit the weight room, and then we get some work in. You know, it was just. It was legendary. We need to talk about that more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I I I do think, um, you know, dynasties are great for my business, but I just saw a stat where five of the six highest-rated NBA teams this year are teams that built through the draft, and so fans appreciate the build. They're your our guys you would have been that Georgia tech. You're a Toronto guy. And then you go yep. to Miami and yep. there's a mercenary feel to it. Like hired gun. I'm here. Win. Did, <laughs> but did it feel different though? It wasn't And your basketball life had never been that. And all of a sudden now it's like star, star, star go together, play. Did it feel, was it less? Was it harder? Did it mean less? Did it go? Did it go as deep as other basketball?
3: I gotta be honest with you, Colin. That's what I wanted. You know, I watched I watched Mike win it with my own eyes in 91 and have the champagne on the trophy with his dad in the background. And then every year after that, I was in Houston when Clutch City went back to back. You know, we all watched the boy wonder Kobe Bryant rise to the occasion every single time at 21 years old. So like that was it. You know, that was it. I'm supposed to be here. And if I have to be a hired gun, man, you got the best. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that was my attitude. But we all realized, you know, in that process, how hard it is to win an NBA championship. And to be honest, you get it any way you can. And that was my ambition at the time. But, you know, that's not to say, like I said, we played. uh, We played a fantastic Spurs team who were homegrown. You know, so there's a lot of different ways to get it done. Um, it's just however the organization chooses to do it. And, you know, if 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 it's a homegrown thing to where the fans can grow with that person, that's one thing that I missed out on. You know, a lot of, a lot of people in the States didn't see what I was able to do in Toronto for those first seven years. And then a lot of people in Toronto was like, you know, disappointed in, in my departure. So, you know, where, there are some things that you do miss out on. Um, In doing, in pursuing your dreams, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do things. And, you know, I'm fascinated to see how this current NBA will work out, especially with this Brooklyn Nets team. That's, you know, that's out there and we'll, you know, they haven't got that much time together, but we'll see if they could get it, you know, excuse me, get it done, especially with that homegrown Milwaukee Bucks team that they have to play uh, next round.
0: You say tax in your book, Book uh, uh, criticism is the tax on success. So your entire yep. basketball career, Chris Bosh isn't getting criticized. I mean, you are great and right. you are dependable. <laughs> right. And <Awesome>. then, <laughs> right. And then you go to Miami. Do you remember the first time that you read a, a, a negative Chris Bosh article or something and thought, "Shit, man, this <laughs> is a different lifestyle, Miami."
3: Man. It wasn't an article. The articles were, you know, pick one, close your eyes and pick one. It was more so the social media because social media has, it was really, really, Instagram wasn't like that just quite yet. It was about a year or two away, but Twitter was still, you know, more of the way that you got the, you know, information in the comment section. And I remember distinctly one day, um, I was, I think I was having a, it was a family reunion It was during the family reunion. I'm looking at the phone, you know, <laughs> and I'm going through the things. I'm like, man, they didn't, they did not like that parade before the parade. Huh? Okay, <laughs> all right. Damn. Ooh, I should not be feeling like this, you know. And I had to, I had to make the decision to stop, you know, focusing on those things and stop doing those things. And granted, that was the start of the tsunami uh that came, but that distinct day, I remember like, okay, you're not in Kansas anymore. You know, that's when I knew I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that the unexpected was coming. And then I'm somewhere that I've never been before. And, you know, I, it's it's funny. It's like I'm the dude like, oh, hey, guys, I'm from Canada. Shut up. You know, <laughs> that's how I felt, you know.
0: You also say in the book, Jerry Seinfeld has a quote. Find the torture you're comfortable with and you'll do well. Yeah. It's a great quote. And and what what was your what was the torture you could tolerate in the NBA?
3: Getting back in the gym, working on my craft, watching film, doing it again, weight session, working on my body, another film session. Hold up. Let's stay longer. That was that was my torture. I was comfortable with getting in that ice tub when I just want to go home. I was like one of the mental exercises I used to play with myself. I didn't do it every day. I tried to when we were home, but every day after practice, I said, all right, everybody's, you know, damn near gone. I'm going to get in the cold tub for 15 minutes every day after practice, work on my mental, my mental, because I do not want to do this. I want to go home and have a club sandwich, you know, by the beach. (laughs) And it is half an hour away if I leave right now. Right. And so those were, those are the games that I would play with myself to, 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 you know, give myself uh, some, some mental fortitude, you know, but I was always very aware of that and always trying to push the boundaries for myself to get better.
0: Um, As somebody that was part of a dynasty, what did you make of the last dance with Michael Jordan? What were your takeaways watching that? Because I know some of that you could watch and relate to and, and I, I'm guessing as you watch that, one of, your takeaway was, one of your takeaways was, just like our dynasty, a lot of that shit don't get out when it's happening. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: right. Man, that, that thing gave me the chills, man. Just watching that and being able to see. To me, it showed if, if you're really, you know, every person trying to do something great, they need to study that. I think I say it in the book too. They need to study that like film. They need to look at that and dissect and listen to every word they say, because, you know, even if you weren't born in nine or or weren't, you know, don't remember 98, everybody expected the Bulls to win, right? right. Nobody's like, oh yeah, they're the best team ever, but you still, most people wanted them to lose. So this was them going through that whole process of that season But the best part was going back and telling those backstories about who these characters were in this story. And then at the end of the day, Scottie Pippen isn't playing. And Mike is trying to lead the team with Dennis. And then Phil's trying to figure it out. And Jerry Krause is just, man, they're just having a rough time. You know what I mean? It was just it just shows that there will be hurdles and obstacles to get over no matter who you are. You know, and this is how they did it. And you can take it for yourself and apply it in the way you see fit. I took a lot from it, man.
0: You know, Spolstra initially, there was a sense of, who's this boy wonder? Who the hell's Eric Spolstra? This is way <laughs> too much. Yeah. Take take me to an early struggle with Spolster. I, I can remember at one point LeBron was mad at him, walked by him and the media was like he chest bumped him.
3: Oh, yeah. Yo, that was early. That was in the, that was in Dallas. That was kind of one of our turning points because, um, you know, Dwayne had a passionate speech in the back. And, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of people know about that. Uh, yeah, they had the thing where. You know, yeah, it was like, oh, they bumped him. You see that? And it's like, okay, I bumped into whoever. We're not even thinking about it. Then, like, I want to say within the first two weeks, within the first two weeks of us being together, people were calling for Pat Riley to coach come down and coach. Like, it may be one. (laughs) Like, so for exposed thing, he's like, I mean, at home, people were saying, Pat Riley, you know, like, those are things he had to do. We were all dealing with things that you know you have to you have to do with but that's a part of it right you have to be thrown in the deep end and you either sink or swim and you know good thing for spo that he was so into his craft that he could can just continue working come back to the office get better figure out a way to 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 try and win more games and hopefully win a championship
0: when when you're playing with lebron <clears throat> and he was in his peak LeBron is, 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 and you talk about this in the book how Chris Paul's a little bit of an air traffic controller. Uh, mm. were, were there ever moments that you fired back at LeBron, D Wade or Spolstra, and you got in his kitchen? Happened more
3: than you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, oh, trust me. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I talk about one instance with Spo uh, in the book. Uh, you know, it happens, it's sports. You know, and the the emotions are always high and everybody wants to win. But that's one of the things that we always remembered about each other is that, you know, it comes from a good place and you want to win. I was always the person to be like, OK, if if I can dish it, I could take it. I had to take many, many lashings from Donnis Haslam if I was not playing up to par. And, you know, if I got it, what could I say? He's right. I respect his opinion. He's a great player. He's my teammate and my brother. I got to take heed to it. And anytime we did that, that's what it was about. So, you know, yeah, there were, a, you know, there were a few, you know, a few times where, but sometimes that's a part of it. That's, that's the fun that's, I'd rather get it out and, you know, be yelling and screaming at each other. You know, you saw how we did with Rio every day, <laughs> right? you know, but after the game, come on, let's go get something to eat. Let's go hang out and have some fun. You know, that's how it always was.
2: For complete terms.
0: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. You know, it's... Chris, what's interesting about your book, you're teaching basketball and giving life experiences. And... One of my – I love the NBA, and I've loved it since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But one of my criticisms has been that whereas the league's never had more talent, the basketball culture in America has become spot talent, pay talent, without the concern like football or baseball of a minor league system to help Mm -hmm. the kid mature. And I look around the NBA right now, and Mm -hmm. I see all this talent – but are you ever concerned that the league's getting younger? Mm-hmm. We're asking 19-year-olds. They can't even have a beer in the Ritz-Carlton they're staying at. Like, do you do you worry right. that the basketball <laughs> culture now doesn't talk about leadership, doesn't talk about communication. It's all about C player, mm-hmm. pay player. We'll figure out the rest later. Like, I think that's an issue in the league. Yeah,
3: no, it is an issue. And it's funny you raised that point. And I think – you know, of course, there was going to be a tipping point in that regard just because of the explosion of everyone being a business and everyone being a brand and an identity and having social media and having a platform. So there has to be some reshuffling of the cars, so to speak. Right. I think we we have to continue. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, too, is because, you know, the team, the game is the game. It's team sports, is team sports. And although it's so polarizing and we've seen Bron and Kobe and Shaq and, 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 and MJ and and the huge personalities that could come uh, uh, from, from the league. Right. And then, you know, of course you get an arms race where everybody wants to be a part of it. And I've been a part, I'm a part of the AAU generation. I played, you know, with teammates all from all over Texas in the Southwest, you know, just putting the best team together. But you know, yeah, it has reached a tipping point, kind of jumping on what you're saying. It has reached a tipping point where we have to go back into teaching the game because, yeah, although our talent is accelerated, not not everybody is skilled enough. And not everyone has uh, uh, the right development in their minds and in their games to be able to go out there. I mean, just, you know, Wiseman, for instance, how many games did he play at Memphis? I was it's telling people none. someone... I was like, yo, at least I was one and done, but at least I got 31 games of experience, you know, in a whole two semesters <laughs> to be whatever it was I was as a student athlete. For him, he went straight to the show. And so there is going to be a learning curve. So there has to be something to where we're developing uh, our youth, you know, not only in basketball and skills, but to be able to handle it because, yeah, there's going to be media. And there's going to be questions and accountability, you know, in public. You're going to have to get used to this if this is what you want to do.
0: You, you idolized Kevin <clears throat> Garnett and then you played him and found out he was a massive trash talker. <laughs> is it weird, Chris, in the NBA when you face your idols like a Kevin Garnett and they're different than you thought they'd be?
3: Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, especially when it's adversarial. You know, that uh, that threw me for a loop a little bit. I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised because I, you know, I played against, you know, players like that my entire career up until that point. It's just like, yeah, it just so happens to be your hero and <laughs> yeah, he's talking to you right now. He's just talking to you, you know. <laughs> so I mean, you know, for me, it was all about the competitive spirit and whatever it takes for me to be done. With that said, I'm not a trash talker. <clears throat> My trash talking is through my play. It's nothing going to get me as hype as I'm going to be right now in this moment if I'm playing. So you talking trash will just distract me from it. And ever since I got into it with him a few times and all that stuff, I I was like, yeah, game. I'm not even going to pay him any mind because he's trying to win and he's not going to get me out of my game. I know what you're trying to do, you know, and and I had to learn that
0: lesson the rough way. So, so Garnett talked trash to get you off your spot. Plenty of times.
3: I mean, he got the best of me so many times. I said, man, I got to stop talking to this guy. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm thinking about the next comeback as opposed to being like, hey, the rotation (laughs) on defense or making the pass out the double team. You know what I mean? Or how to score against this guy because, oh, my God, like he would grab me like he would. I would cross half court. You could watch the tape. Watch if you want to have a good time. Watch some old like watch the mid 2000s late 2000s me versus kg oh he would grab me he would be over there like wrestling and you know the game would be over here the ball would be on the other side of the court and we're just i would get exhausted just trying to get the ball that's how in competitive you know that he was and intense we would both be just breathing hard but we wouldn't give up because you know i can't let this guy see me give up we're just uh, uh. we're over here wrestling and we don't even have to <laughs> you know what i mean is it was just a, an intensely competitive matchup every single time against that guy.
0: When LeBron announced he was leaving Miami, sad day or a realization, great things never last?
3: Both. You know, both. Um, I, we wanted to, of course, get another crack at it. We were super disappointed. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't take that into account as well. It sucks losing in the finals. It sucks playing 82 games and in the playoffs and then getting your head beat in, right in 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 the championship situation. So, uh, you know, not being able to three peat was tough. You know, we had to get over that. But <clears throat> I, I came to later understand more his decision. At the time, I was, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I was hurt a little bit, and you know, disappointed and all those all those things. But you know, eventually we had to move on and and and, and another season starts. So we had a new bunch of guys to lead and. Now everybody's like, "Hey, Chris, you used to shoot the ball in Toronto a lot, right? Can you do that again?, you know, all right, cool. Let's blow the dust off these knees and see what could happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you like your life now as an elder statesman? Like do you ever miss? I mean, think about Chris, how you were the Beatles, right? I mean, you were you were you go from hundred miles an hour to your life now talking about a book like do you miss the juice
3: I do but it's good to miss things um you have to work the hours that you put in for the juices unmatched and while we were doing it man it's amazing with the media obligations and the team obligations and your foundation obligations and family obligations and make sure you're performing on the road and, and at home you know and Somewhere in there, I guess, having a social life and, you know, having fun somewhere in there. You're just around the clock 24-7. That's why I don't miss it. Um, The men and women who get to that point, they put a tremendous amount of work into their craft. And, you know, I've done it. You know, that was uh, the main thing uh, for me when I look back on it. I say, okay, I know with all my heart that I put everything into this. I've done it. I can move on.
0: When you were elected into the hall of fame, the moment you found out where in your mind did you go back to?
3: Uh, when I was a kid, um, on the concrete courts at Hutchins park, Campbell park in Hutchins, Texas, uh, Tommy and Malin recreation center and park in Dallas, Texas, singing Hills recreation center in Dallas, Texas. Um, You know, those were those were the places that I went to Um, the 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 rides uh, from coaches, you know, going to either get a hot meal after practice or before game or taking me home, keeping the gym open. You know, those those were the things that I thought about, the people that helped me. Um, I always like to say those summer days, man, The perfect summer day for me was wake up, eat some pancakes, ride my bike to go hoop with my friends. We play video games, take a cold bath because it was 100 degrees outside, (laughs) play more video games and then go right back out there and play into the evening. And hopefully, you know, our moms will let us spend the night or something like that, that, you know, those were the moments that I was thinking about. And, you know, just to be able to come from that and have this wonderful journey of coaches and adversaries or not adversaries, um, people helping me out, just. Throughout the way, that those were the first things that I thought about. I didn't think about all of the, you know, championships or all-stars or, you know, all of the accolades and stuff like that. I was thinking about the friends I've made, being able to see things in the world that I had never seen before and just having, man, having experiences I'll never forget.
0: Chris Bosch, great book, Letters to a Young Athlete. Appreciate you coming on. I, I know you got a bunch you. of interviews to do with this. But I always love having you're a smart guy and I really appreciate you like sharing stuff. I really do. I genuinely like lot, listening
3: man. to you. I appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot.
0: All right. Thanks, Chris. All right, Chris Bosch. Follow us at the volume sports rate review and subscribe bill Cower, former Steelers coach later this week.
3: slash compatibility.